it rolls inside of her and it rolls and rolls and rolls. If I could just have maybe some lights, maybe the front lights or back lights, whatever is suitable. I need some light. Maybe the, just the foyer will do something. And the baby rolls and rolls inside of her and it, all the, the fluid that's inside of her starts going and she gets seasick. Like Jilly literally was seasick this morning. And so she's at home trying to have a rest from music. <laughs> I wonder if it's a bass play that we've been praying for that's in there. <laughs> Somebody said that before. But I was thinking about this, this, this child that's in this womb and if that, that little one was to come out right now, it would have a very slim chance of survival. Is that right? Because why? Because it needs to be in the atmosphere of that womb to survive. It needs to be in this incubator, this place of safety, this place where it's protected from everything. Do you know that while the child is in the womb, it's protected from germs? Absolutely protected from germs. It's a safe environment. And that's why when the baby is born, the first breast milk that the mother has is like this yellow stuff. I forget what it's called. What's it called, girls? Huh? Cholesterol. Yeah. Hasn't been that long, has it, since I breastfed? Anyway, it's called cholesterol. It's 13 years since I breastfed. So anyway, and this this cholesterol that you give a baby when it's first born, for the first three days, they just get this cholesterol, and that gives them their whole immune system. God's got it all worked out. But when the baby's in here, this is the environment that they have to live in to survive. Is that right? And you know what? That when you were created, the... You were, you were put into a, an environment originally that was called the Garden of Eden. Man and woman were created in this environment. And in that environment, in the Garden of Eden, was the presence of God. And that was the incubator that kept us in this perfect place, away from not germs, but away from sin and away from destruction, away from the things that would, would, would destroy us. And God had us in that special place, in this garden, in this beautiful garden, in this place. And he would walk with us every day. Every day God would come into the garden, he would walk with man, he would walk with women. He would just talk to them. As a man talks with his friends, he would just talk with them. What a beautiful thing to realize. You know, we we have this, this ideas that God is up there and we're down here and it's like, you know, God is watching us from a distance and all that kind of stuff. But God's original heart desire was just to walk around with us. Just like, come here, Nick. Come on. You're going to be God for a minute. See, and here's Nick and here's God. And this is God's original idea was, come on, let's go for a walk. Come on, and, and we're just, you're, you're talking to me, Nick, and you're, you're my friend, aren't you? And he asked me how my day is and everything like that. And then we walk around this way and we walk back. And then we're just talking like this. We're just talking. And oh, look at the birds. God, I love them birds you made for me. Thank you for that garden, God. I love it. And then God will just give you a big hug all like this. Just say, oh, thank you, God. I love, I love it. Thank you, God. You can sit down. Amen. See, that's originally how it was. You know, we just walk around. We, we got. Just turn those spotties down a bit. Can we tone them down a bit? We cannot. This is it. Blinded by the light. Whose song was that, Phil? I don't know. Don't worry about it. 
Just look at this scripture, Hosea 6.2. And this is the scripture the Lord's been giving me this week. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will restore us. That we. Everyone say that we. Or say so that we may live in his presence. He restores us. He revives us. What's the restoration that he wants to do? He wants to restore us back to a garden. He wants to restore us to a place that we might live in his presence. And he wants to touch us and take us to that place. And ever since the fall of man, where man was separated from the presence of God, and because man chose to sin and man chose to go his own way, can you imagine the heart of the father, how grieved he was when he had to say, I'm sorry, but you have to go out of the garden. And I've made this incubator, I've made this place for you to live with me, and everything was just so perfect, but I gave you a free will. And you chose, you chose sin. You chose rebellion against me. And that stuff doesn't fit in this place where I've created you to live. Just like germs don't fit in a womb. And I'm sorry, but you have to live outside the garden and I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it that you can come back. But just And so here was God's greatest endeavor is to get the people that he loved and he made and that he fashioned with his own hands inside their mother's wombs that he knew everything about them. He knew how many hairs were on their heads. He knew what they were going to say before they said it. He knew when they went to bed, when they got up. He knew everything, everything, everything about them. And his endeavor was this. I've got to get them back into my garden with me. Because I hate being separated from those that I love. Who, who likes being separated from those that they love? Huh? I remember when I went into hospital to have, must have been Jessica. Went to hospital to have Jessica. And J- Julie was 16, 17 months old. And when I got out of hospital, I was four days in hospital. And when I got out of hospital, I thought, Julie would be really excited to have a baby sister and everything. And Julie would just shut me out. She just would not talk to me, and she was just like, she just did the whole thing. And, and I'm going, what is that? And for two weeks, you know, this little 17-month-old was just like, and just, Daddy, come, Daddy, give me a cuddle, Daddy. And she was just like giving me the whole reject thing. And after a while, I sat her down. I said, Jilly, what's wrong? What's wrong with you, darling? Tell Mummy. And she'd look at me, she'd you left me. And just like that. And cried her eyes out. And I had to explain to her that I didn't leave her. I just had to go for away for a little while while God gave us another little baby. And it's a horrible thing to be separated from those that you love. And God, he's been separated from man. And he wants so much to get you back. And to be in his presence, to, to live with him. And he's been working at it ever since then. I mean, I mean, what, what did he do when he, when he went and, and he got the children of Israel out of Egypt? He took them out of Egypt so that they could live in his presence. 
And so he gives them, you know, a cloud by day and, and um, what was that night? Eh? A fire by night, a cloud by day. And as long as they saw the cloud and the, and the fire at night, they would be in the presence of God. And he led them and he fed them and he clothed them and he looked after them and he did incredible miracles. But they forgot him. And you know, we are so like that, aren't we? Like God does great things in our lives and we're in his presence. You know, we sang that song this morning, when I'm on a mountain, I'm going to worship you. But then when I'm in a valley, mm, I don't know. <laughs> you know, or maybe it's when I'm on a mountain, I just forget to worship. And so I need another valley <laughs> to bring me back. And we just forget. We just forget the miracles. We forget the stuff. And then we get desperate again and we cry out for God and we get into his presence again and we find that place of his presence. We find that place of beauty in him that just we're so human that we just forget again and we just get caught up and complacent and we just get caught up with work, with life, with stuff and then we're just running around and we just forget to live in the garden again. We just we go outside the garden and we live our life outside the garden. And every now and again, we'll stick our head in the garden and go, Hi, God. And then we'll go out and live outside the garden again. You see, but God said in that scripture, I will restore you, I will revive you so that you might what? Live in my presence, not visit it. Not come into church on a Sunday and raise your hands. And, and we love to do that. I love Sundays. I love the presence of God when we're corporately worshipping together. There's nothing like it. But he wants me to live like that. He wants us to live in his presence. Amen. You know what I love about him, though? I love the fact that he is so faithful with us and so patient. Have you ever found that God's patient with you? I mean, I do it myself. You know, you're just like, you're just crying out. You're so desperate. You know, you might be in a desperate situation. You're crying out to God and he comes and he meets your need. He might heal your body. He might fix your kids. He might... You know, fix that school teacher that's been bugging you at school. He might, you know, deal with that friend or he give you that job, or, you know, bring you to Australia and put you in the right country that you're supposed to be in. He might do stuff like that. And then it's great and everything like that. And then we just forget him and we just... But I love it that he, that he, that he comes after us. I mean, the scriptures say that he first called you called you. He comes after us. You mean the God of the whole universe that made all of this and more, God, omnipotent God, omnipresent God, he's there, awesome God, and yet he's pursuing me. He's coming after me because he wants to be with me. That blows my mind. It just blows my mind. And why does it blow our mind? Because we just think that God is so up there and we're so down here and there's this chasm. And that's exactly what he's trying to get rid of. And so he chases after us again. And if you look in Hosea 
The rest of that scripture, we'll put it up here so you don't have to look it up. He's faithful. It says this. We got that? Yeah. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us acknowledge him. Let us acknowledge him in our every moment. I love um, one of my friends said this recently. He said, God is not just the savior of your life. Jesus is not just the savior of your life. He's the savior of your every moment. Your every moment. And and it says, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him in everything. You know, I think it's in um, Proverbs. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. And he will make your path straight. Acknowledge the Lord in everything you do. Acknowledge him. How many people do you think drive along, you know, going to work or something, just got their head down, they just go, you know, and and I've seen it. And then there's amazing sunrise or an amazing sunset on the way home from work. And they, they don't even see it. I mean, I know Bryce would, he'd want to jump out of the car and take a photo because... You know, and my dad was like that. My dad, like he had these phobias that he couldn't come to church and, you know, had people phobias, social phobias. But he would sit in his house at Long Jetty and, he, and I'd say, Dad, you know, how are you traveling with God? He said, look out there. Every day he paints me another picture just for me. Every day another picture. Acknowledge God. Let us press on to acknowledge him. You know, you get so distracted don't we? You know, we forget. We forget so easily his goodness and his, his wonder. We forget what it feels like. That's why I said, feel this. This is the presence of God. This is the atmosphere we're supposed to live in. This is the air we're supposed to breathe. This is how we're supposed to be. It's, it's, you live in that place, you come alive. It's home. It's home. You know, there are two worlds. There's the natural world and there's the spiritual world. And they, they, at the same time, they operate together. The same place. And if you were to see right now, and if you could see, if you could just, in the spiritual realm, see right now, you would see the angels that are here right now. Jesus said, if two or more are gathered in my name, there I would be in the midst of them. Jesus is here himself. Right now, there's prayer meetings going on in heaven as, as angels, as the Lord himself, as Jesus intercedes. That means cries out for you, prays to God, for he talks to God about you. Right now, if you could see it, there's just like an open heaven. There's just like a big hole there. And there's this other world, which is our home. You see, we've got to live here, and that's why we've been given these earth suits. You know, you go to space, you have a space suit, so you can live in the environment. And, you know, these are our earth suits, so don't worry too much about it. Keep it healthy, keep it fit, you know, paint it a bit if it needs painting, for goodness sake. <laughs> Party filler, whatever you need. But, but it's just, a, just an earth suit. You know, one day Phil said to the girls, you know, you don't need makeup. You're just naturally beautiful. You don't need makeup. Don't wear makeup. And I said, you've never said that to me. He said, if the house needs painting, paint it. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He 
He didn't, he wouldn't say that. I'm stirring. He would never say that. He loves, he loves my natural. It woke him up. It woke him up. Well, when I wake up next here in the morning, I might need some putty filler then. I, I would say I do. Never. Oh, he's got brownie points. Um, so we need these earth suits. Is that right? You know, we get so hung up about these earth suits and really they're just something that, you know, keeps us able to live in this environment. You know what I mean? But, you know, your spirit that lives inside of you doesn't even need an earth suit. You know, when, when, you, meet, when you meet Jesus on that day when he comes to take you home, you just leave this old earth suit. Just leave it here. You don't need it anymore. And off you go. And you go and you get an, a, new, a new body. How beautiful will that be to have a spiritual body? It's just an earth suit. And we just use it to get around down here. I love this. Press on to acknowledge him. And surely as the sun rises, we're back at that scripture. Did you take it down? Still up? Look at this. How faithful is he? As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. Every morning, you know that sun is going to rise. Is that true? And as surely as it rises, he will appear. If you acknowledge him, he will show himself in that sun. If you acknowledge him, he'll be there first thing in the morning. You can live in his presence if you just acknowledge him. You know, I wake up in the morning and, you know, you don't feel like praying when you wake up in the morning. Anybody feel like praying when you wake up in the morning? Is there any super spiritual people here that just wake up and go, oh, Holy Spirit? Unless you're Benny Hinn, you know, like you may not. But I wake up in the morning, it's like, it takes me a while to wake up. And and I say, I've got to pray before I do anything. I've got to pray. I've got to acknowledge God in this day. And I just begin to say, oh, Lord, I worship you. Then I fall asleep. Wake up, Julie. Oh, Lord, I worship you. Okay, I get up, open the blind, open the door, let some air in. Get back in bed. Oh, God, I worship you. And God's saying, get up and pray downstairs. I said, no, it's too cold. God, I worship you. And, you know, you, know put, you can put your dressing gown on, the Holy Spirit says. Get in front of the fire. No, it's too cold. Lord, I worship you, you know. And I just, and I'd start to pray in tongues and, and then you get the breakthrough. You get, and then suddenly it's not like just, you start in the flesh. You start out just like you're an earth suit person. And then the spirit inside you starts to connect with God and his presence comes right there, right there in your bed with your husband snoring next to you. It can happen for you too. Just like everything just fades into insignificance and there you are, basking in the glory. You don't snore, do you, darling? No. He preaches in his sleep. I have repented many times. Because he would go, you know, you, you sinner! Sorry! funny and then I tell him what he said and we laugh our heads off one, one night this is the truth one night he was asleep and he started going oh my gosh oh my gosh oh you're beautiful you're beautiful oh god I'm going so I talk because I ask him and he answers me while he's still asleep what are you what are you seeing what is it he's blue he's blue it's all blue 
said, what's blue? It's the Holy Spirit. He's here with me. He's blue. It's all blue. And it was so gorgeous. And when he woke up, he actually remembered seeing the Holy Spirit. And he was actually filled with the Holy Spirit. Translucent blue. You saw it, didn't you? It was so beautiful. You can, what am I saying to you? You can live here. You can live here. But you've got to give it a little bit of a, like this scripture. We still got it? Isaiah, Isaiah 6 3. Let us acknowledge the Lord. And then it says, let us press on. Let us, a little bit of effort. Come on, a little bit of effort. Don't go, oh, I worship you, God. Oh, I tried. Can't feel nothing. No, just a little bit of effort. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. And then he will come to us like winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. He will come. He'll come and fill you. He'll come. He'll come. He'll come. He promises that he will come. And you you gradually learn to live in this place. You gradually learn to live in this place. You know, Elijah was an incredible man of God, prophet to the nations, and he, he did amazing things. And there he was. He was on Mount Carmel, and he was calling down fire, and then taking on all the prophets of Baal and all the evil witchy people in that day. And, and, and he took them all on and he conquered and he won and he, you know, really smite the evil and he was just like, mm, and did great things. And then this one woman comes, I'm going to kill you. And he runs like a scared rabbit out of there, loses all his, you know, uh, faith in God. How many of us do that all the time? I do it all the time. I'm there, I'm in the presence of God, everything's fantastic. And one thing goes wrong, I, and run. But you know, one, you know, a lot of people talk about Elijah and say, yeah, he ran to the cave, Elijah did his cave. But at least he ran to the presence of God. He ran to the mountain where he knew God's presence was. He ran there. It took him days and days and days, but he got there. And angels had to sustain him on the way to get him there because the journey was too long for him, but he got there. And when he got there, in 1 Kings 19.11, we'll put that up, God says this to him. See, God, I love it because God doesn't go, Elijah, you're such a weed. You're such a weakling. You just did all these great things and one woman points a finger out and you run like a scaredy cat from a woman. God doesn't rebuke him. God just says this to him. Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass you by. You know, if we can just... When we're in those places, if we can just go out, get out from where you are right now. Look up from where you are, Abraham. Look up, look up, get out, move, get out of the circumstance. You're in the middle of a fight at home, kids are going off and cats going off and kettles whistling and the phone's ringing and it's all happening. You know, instead of being in that situation, get out. Just walk out the back door. Shut the door. Go out on the mountain. (laughs) If it's your veranda, that'll do. See? And then wait, because the presence of God is about to pass you by. You know those, those moments? You ever have those moments where you just like hear the voice of God say, come away now. 
come with me now. You go, mm, I'll put it off till later. And I just think to myself, how many times has things gone down in my life because I didn't stop when God told me to stop to be in his presence? How many things would I have been prepared for? I remember one day I was vacuuming the house and at this time we had like some really nasty people praying against us and doing some funny things against us and putting funny things in our mailbox and ringing our phone and saying funny things. And, you know, it was a bit unnerving. And so I'm vacuuming and the Lord says to me, stop vacuuming right now. Okay. And I just went, and then he said, just get on the floor, put some worship music on and lay in my presence right now. Lord, I mean, I've got little kids, the house is a mess. I haven't got time to lay on the floor now. Benjamin. <laughs> See? No, I'll be obedient. Turn the vacuum cleaner off. Lay on the floor. Put some worship music on. And I'm laying there and I literally felt these wings, feathers come over me. I actually could feel the feathers over me. He says, under the shadow of my wings, I'll cover you, I'll cover you. I'll cover you under the shadow of my wings. I'm just laying there like, oh, I never want to vacuum ever again. I never do anyway, but anyway, I, I just want to stay here forever and ever and ever. And, you know, I'm in that place. And then he said, you know, after a while, he says, okay, you can, you can go now. And I'm just full of God. I'm just like, I could clean five houses right now. And the phone rings, and it's this one of these people start abusing me on the phone, saying really evil things to me. And I'm just like, hmm, thank you, bye. Because why? Because the Lord knew that was going to happen, but he, but he filled me up. And what if I would have said, uh-huh, vacuum? You know, what if, you know. And so he says, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass you by. And then a great and a powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after that, the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Listen to me. So many times we say, Lord, okay, I want to be in your presence. Come on, God. Send me that wind. I can feel you on it. Yes, come on. Like it was when Luke was leading worship and the wind was blowing my hair back. And then we go, oh, God's not here because he didn't come the way I wanted him to come in the wind. You see? And so we say, okay, God, rattle my cage. Give me an earthquake, an earthquake. God, you can do this. Come on. I've come into your presence and I really want. And God's not in the earthquake. No matter how loud I pray in tongues, stop my feet. He's not in the earthquake. Sometimes he does come like that, mind you. But what if he doesn't? See, the point is that you only come the way he wants to come when he wants to come in the way he wants to come. Because <laughs> he's God. <laughs> and I can't dictate to him. And he'll never come the same way twice. Oh, I felt you, God, the other day, and now I've got it. I've got how I can get in the presence of God. I just do this, this, and this like I did the other day, and we'll feel God the way we did the other day, the same today again. And God goes, because <laughs> I'm teaching you to live in a garden, not in a garden bed. 
I'm teaching, you, I'm teaching you to live in a garden, to experience all of me and everything of me. And then, and then I go, okay, God, fire, fire, yeah. And I'll put one of those CDs on that Jamie's got at home of this girl. The Lord will come. He will come. He will come. The Lord's coming. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And all this, whoa, 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 whoa. And sometimes this girl sings on this CD. She freaks me out. But she goes, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. She's like, oh, Jesus is coming. You know, it's really scary. Fire, fire, fire. And I go, yes. He's going to come in the fire. I'm going to put that CD on and God's going to come in the fire, fire, fire. You see? And then I put that CD. I did. I did it the other day, Jamie. I put it on the car. Jesus, come here, Jesus. Because Jamie gets touched by that song, so I'm going to put it on really loud. I've got your CD in my car. And I turn it up. It's fire, Jesus, come here, Jesus, come Fire, fire, fire. And I'm in the car, and I'm driving to the beach to go for my prayer walk. I'm going, fire, he's coming in the fire. He's coming in the... And I said, oh, it's noisy. I just turned it off. <laughs> and he didn't come in the fire like he came for Jamie. Because why? Because it says, after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood in the mouth of the cave. A gentle whisper. Sometimes, you know, you just need to stop and get quiet and listen. And most times God comes like that. I mean, in church, he'll do all these crazy things and we'll see stuff happen and but at home, when it's you and him, a lot of the time he'll just... Ross, Ross, do you know how beautiful you are? And Ross goes, oh, me! Oh, you're so sweet, Lord. And that's what she does. Sometimes we just need to stop, get quiet, and listen. If we could just live... In the presence of the Lord. Can you imagine how wonderful our lives will be? I mean, if we could just learn to live here somehow. Look at this. Deuteronomy 12.7 says this. There, in the presence of the Lord your God, you and your families shall eat and shall rejoice in everything you have put your hand to because the Lord your God has blessed you. Now, if that's old covenant, what more is there for us in the new covenant when in that when that scripture was said God lived behind or in a, in a box and then he lived behind a curtain in a box and the only person who could come into his presence was the priest and then they would come and tell the people God never intended that God never wanted that God God wanted to get out of the box and God wants to get through the curtain you know, and, and man and religion, they put him back in the box and they put a thick curtain back up and they tell you you can't get to God unless you go this way and through the priest and say sorry a hundred thousand times and do some Hail Marys and do some beads and do this and that. And get, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. You might make it. But see, God wants to come out. He wants to come out. He wants to come out. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross, when he uttered these words, it is finished. It is accomplished. It is done. What was done? God got out of his confinement of separation from man. God, his presence, which was contained because of sin, 
When Jesus paid the ultimate price for all sin by the shedding of his blood, the price was paid and God could come out again. And the curtain in the temple that he lived behind was ripped into. And you can imagine God, he's just like, yes, yes. And he's just finding the nearest person he could because it said all the dead people come out of the graves and started walking around, walking around because God says, yes, I can get in them now. I can be with them now. I can bring them back into relationship, into my garden, and we can live together. I can walk and talk with them again. And every day, he's, are you awake? Are you awake yet? It's morning. Come on. I've been waiting all night watching you sleep there. I just want to poke you, wake you up, waiting. Come in the garden with me. We can do it now. We can walk. We can talk. We can, we can be here together. Imagine that. Imagine that. You know, I look at someone like Phil Pringle, and I think, you know, God, we were with him the other night, and I'm looking at him thinking, oh, God, thank you for men and women of God who choose to live in your presence. Just live there. And he just stands up and opens his mouth and God goes, it's just great. But we can all do that. God wants to be with you. He wants to live with you. His presence wants to dwell with you, in you, in every aspect of your crazy, complicated life. He wants to come and just bring peace. He just wants to come and love you. He just wants to come and wrap his arms around you. He wants to come and answer your problems. He wants to come and give you a future and hope and give you vision. He just wants to come. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can live in your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you've made a way. Lord, teach us these things. Teach us, Holy Spirit. Would you this week take these precious people and teach them how to live in your presence? Teach them how to love you. Teach them how to hear you. Teach them how to walk with you in that garden of every day. The garden can be in their car. The garden can be in their house. The garden can be in their office. The garden can be at school. The garden is the atmosphere that goes with them because you are with them. Lord, fill them tonight, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. Fill every person right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your presence and your spirit that falls now over these precious people. Thank you for anointing. Lisa, lift your voice and the keys up like that.